Hello world, this is Better Tech, a podcast where we chat with some of the most successful leaders about the latest industry developments. So join us as we explore the world reliant on tech. Hi Chase, welcome to Better Tech. Can you kindly introduce yourself for our audience? Absolutely. Hey, everybody. Uh, my name's Chase. Uh, I am the co-founder of Electric Eye. We make beautiful sales machines for Shopify stores. Uh, so what that means is we do strategic design, development, and marketing decisions. We take stores doing a million bucks and help them make 10, right? Uh, also, within that, uh, we launched a podcast three years ago or two years ago. I'm not good at math. Uh, called Honest E-Commerce. So if you like uh, the things I have to say today, you could go find me on that and listen to me say more things. Great. Thanks. Thanks for that, Chase. So let's just dive right, right into the topic. Our topic for today is the around the upcoming e-commerce trends and how Shopify is revolutionizing e-commerce, especially for new retailers. So first things first, what are the fundamentals of having an online e-commerce business? Yeah. Uh, I mean, honestly, I think it's not only is Shopify revolutionizing e-commerce for new retailers, we're seeing a lot of like uh, traditional businesses get into the mix. And I'll talk a bit more about that later. Um, but for now, uh, you know, the fundamentals of an online store, like you got to have a product that people actually want to buy. That's like a key to it. We see a lot of people trying to just sell anything online. Uh, and it doesn't really work like that. You know, you got to have this thing called product market fit, um, which is really difficult to, uh, to kind of, to get to, uh, I wish I could tell people more about product market fit, but that's kind of like the magic sauce going from zero to one and getting your business off the ground. And if I knew it, I like, wouldn't be here doing a podcast. I'd own a million billion dollar brand, but you know, once you figure out the, the product market fit, uh, you can move into some fun stuff. Uh, but essentially the fundamentals are, is you gotta have a product that people like, you gotta have a, an offer that makes sense. Uh, and you know, you gotta just, you gotta run a business that like is profitable. Like you got to understand your numbers. You got to sell things for more than you're investing and buying them. Um, but you know, it's, it's the cool thing about an online business is it gets rid of a lot of the overhead. Uh, and it lets entrepreneurs get in there for like a lot cheaper of an investment, I guess, you know, you can get started for, I've seen brands get started for like a thousand, 2000 bucks. And then, you know, now they're doing million dollars plus, uh, it's getting a little more expensive these days because paid ads are going up and that's where everyone thinks that they need to scale. Uh, but I'll tell you more about that later, I guess. So is that a recurring problem that you face in the clients that you advise that they don't really have the product market fit that you're talking about? Uh, at the beginning of the agency, it was, uh, when we were a lot younger, we were working with younger businesses, right? That's just kind of like, as you grow your business, you kind of go up more up, up market as people say. These days we're working with more established businesses and product market fit is definitely already dealt with for them. Um, and you know, when people come through the door and they don't have that yet, we're just brutally honest with them. We're like, Hey, like you don't even know if this works yet. Like you need to do some user research. You need to like figure out if people actually are picking up what you're putting down. Uh, and you know, that's just free advice. Like we're not even like taking them on as a client. Usually it's like, unless they're like funded, and they like are okay with failing real fast uh, to figure out what works. Uh, you know, it's probably not a good idea to work with an agency to find product market fit. I've said that a lot. I think that uh, it's kind of something you got to figure out on your own. Yeah, sure makes sense. And so, how has Shopify empowered entrepreneurs like yourself to scale growth? 
Yeah. I, well, I mean, like for myself, so we're on the services side, right? So I'm out here helping people make cool websites and make them work. Uh, so we started the agency over five years ago and now, you know, we got a team approaching 10, which is cool. But, uh, yeah, I mean, a straight up entrepreneur, like we just launched a business and, and we kind of found some traction and we kind of just decided one day that we were going to focus on Shopify. So from like the partner perspective, uh, Shopify has been an amazing partner for our agency. Uh, but just like for the merchant perspective, like what really stood out to us about Shopify was like this idea of it just works, right? Like Magento is like this big clunky thing and you need like a, you need like a developer on staff essentially to make it work. And like with WooCommerce, it's like, that's kind of like hacking WordPress to make it sell stuff. Like, yeah, it works. But like also again, you might need a developer on staff. Uh, and then there are some other products like Wix or Squarespace and those don't have like as many robust features like you can't build a full-fledged e-commerce brand on any of those like entry-level platforms you just can't it's impossible like they have they don't have the feature set uh but when we started working with shopify and we started getting more and more clients and just realizing like it just works like we can help them focus on cooler stuff like building out custom features or like focusing on design focusing on the user experience helping with marketing like doing those things and we're really pushing the needles and we can see the KPIs moving. Uh, so that got us excited. It got all of our clients excited and like we kind of just went all in on Shopify. And is that something that you advise to your clients and the brands that you work with to kind of have their presence on Shopify? Yeah. I mean, well, it's the we only work with Shopify brands. So it's kind of like uh, uh, you got to have that as part of your tech stack or we can't work with you. With that being said, it is just a tool. Shopify isn't going to help your business make more money if you're on Magento or on WooCommerce. Like just switching platforms and doing nothing else will not make you more money. Mm -hmm. It's just a tool. But we understand how to utilize that tool to reach goals strategically, you know, raising KPIs for lifetime value, raising average order value, getting more traffic to the website. We understand how to use Shopify to accomplish that with all the other tricks that we have in our bag. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I definitely advise people to move Shopify, honestly. But, you know, I see some websites and I'm like, I mean, your stuff looks fine here. Like, do you want to spend, you know, tens of thousands of dollars to move this over to Shopify? I mean, it kind of already works. Also, like Shopify is only good for like direct to consumer brands, like selling a product online to somebody. It's like not good for a service business. It's not good for a business like B2B business. Uh, you know, see a lot of people trying to fit a square peg in a round hole and we always advise against that. Right. Okay. And speaking of the uh, scaling strategies that you were talking about earlier, you mentioned that the paid advertising part is the only part where people think that they need to scale up, but that's not exactly it. So would you like to elaborate on that? Yeah. Um, so, you know, about four or five years ago when the agency was just getting off the ground, well, you could honestly put a Facebook ad out that was terrible and you would make money. Like that, it was the wild west back then. But these days it is 100% different. It is so expensive to be on Facebook, especially right now when we're recording this, this is a few weeks before black Friday. You got the election going on in America. Yeah. It is, it's, it's so expensive. Like we have actually turned off ads for some clients. They're just like, we're not going to do ads on Facebook this holiday season. We're going to double down on content. 
um, it's, it's, it's pretty wild. Um, so a lot of brands hear these stories of people like essentially make or breaking it on Facebook. They're like, you know, I took my product from a thousand dollars a month to sales to $300,000 a month in sales on Facebook, you know, and we did it profitably, but like those case studies are from years ago when it was a lot cheaper to do it. These days it's a lot more expensive to do it. And like, if you're dumping all of your eggs into the basket that like, once we figure out product market fit, we're going to dump a bunch of money into Facebook and Instagram. I think you've already lost. Like you're not going to have a business that's successful. It's just too expensive. Yeah. So then what would you recommend? Like what percent of the, like the um, time and the resources that you should spend on this bit and then the other part of it? Yeah. I mean, uh, there's a, a guy I follow out there and he runs common thread collective. Um, and I'm drawing a blank on his name, but he's a very smart guy and he puts a lot of stuff out there, like work in public. He's like, he's great. Um, and he's got this idea that like your paid media should never outpace your organic traffic or you're going to end up in a bad situation. So, you know, organic traffic that comes down to SEO, that sounds terrifying to a lot of people, but honestly, it's make good content, figure out a blogging strategy, figure out a podcast strategy, figure out a video strategy, just figure one out, pick it, do it forever. You know what I mean? Just make it work. Uh, once you're constantly producing content, then you have something to say. And then your social media is not boring anymore because you've always got all this cool content you can talk about and retweet or whatever. And then you can repurpose that for your newsletter, right? And then they, maybe you have a text message list. So once a month, you're like, hey, here's all the updates from the last month if you're curious about it. Like then you got a more interesting brand. I would focus a lot more of my budget on curating amazing content that resonates with my audience. And then you have something that you can advertise as well. Like that's, a, that's something that other people don't consider sometimes is like they'll just be like, oh yeah, we had a photo shoot once and that's the content for Facebook forever. And it's like, no, that's a failing strategy. Facebook creative gets so fatigued so fast. People, if they didn't like engage with it the first time, they're not going to engage with it the next time. You know, it's, it's, you know, it's not going to work. You need to have constant new creative. Uh, the brands that are winning on Facebook and Instagram, this is a real fact, are producing 11 times more content than other brands. So I just yell about on my podcast all the time all I yell about is like first thing you need to build is a like a content system within your business build a content machine figure it out next after that you can figure out scaling I mean yeah it does make sense right because if your content is not working then no matter how much money you're spending on advertising it it just won't click to your audience yeah I mean it's like a uh, it's essentially uh, paid marketing is gasoline right but if you don't have a fire started, if yeah. it's not already burning, you're just wasting gas. You're wasting money, essentially. Right. And so if you were to take like a large general view of this year, have you seen there's a difference in the way businesses have reoriented their strategies like pre-COVID, during COVID, and currently? If we're talking about like paid, I think it's been a lot more diverse. People are experimenting with different channels. Uh, I've seen a lot of people figure out how to develop an influencer strategy for their brand, which is, a, you know, another just wild thing that wasn't really around a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely diversifying a bit more. Uh, the focus is coming off Facebook as like the growth engine for e-commerce. Um, and yeah, I think that uh, a lot more people are realizing that the experience is really important 
and you got to like make your cust like make your customers. It's got to feel native navigating the website, like getting from point A to point B shouldn't like be confusing for your customer. And a lot of people are like focusing more on kind of the user experience and you know, it, it ties in with conversion rate optimization as well. But is there something that you still feel businesses are getting wrong about innovation and growth? Is there so? Uh, I mean, I, I would say the number one thing people get wrong is trying to do too much, spreading themselves too thin. Uh, you know, if everything's important, nothing's important. And that's something that like, I take to heart. Uh, you should definitely have like one strategy that works. You know, if you put effort here or time or, or energy or like a dollar, you know what I mean? Like, you know, if it go, if you do something there, it's going to produce a positive return on the other side. You need to build that system. You need to like, just like, how can I, what is the activity we can do within our business to grow it? Right. Once you have that figured out, then you can try a few other ones. But I see a lot of people just diving all in. They're like, we're going to do YouTube ads and we're going to do Instagram influencers and we're going to do Pinterest and we're so going to do this blogging strategy, you know, and they, what was that? They take too much on their plate. Yeah. And it just, nothing gets done and it's, it's really bad. Um, I also see a lot of businesses uh, have unrealistic expectations really like with just like growth. It's like, you aren't going to see just this rocket ship growth unless you have product market fit, unless like you have these leading indicators. And then another thing about growth is like, can you afford to grow? Like, do you have inventory? Like how, what's your lead time on your products? What's your margin? What can you afford to acquire a customer? Like there's all these other questions about like growth that sometimes younger entrepreneurs like don't understand. Like this stuff isn't a magic trick. It takes hard work. And speaking of that, was it something that you found difficult as well with your company, the growth part of it? Uh, I mean, growing the company was like the fun thing. And like, I'll tell you guys straight up, like we made a million mistakes, but that's fine. Don't be scared to make a mistake. Just be, be make decisions and fail fast and pivot. That's how you succeed. Um, we're going into five years now. We doubled in size this year. So we got a lot of stuff done under our belt like a lot of mistakes were made and then things started to work well and we started to figure it out this year. Um, got really efficient, got really amazing results for our clients, uh, invested in some amazing team members full time. Uh, and that, that really helped us grow as a service business. Um, did that answer your question? Yeah, it did. And if there's any piece of advice that you give to someone, uh, an online business specifically starting out in a recessionary period, what would that be? Ooh, yeah. Uh, I think don't spend anything on paid ads until like you're organically getting sales. Okay. Like, just, honestly, it's not worth doing anything paid until like you're, you're until strangers on the internet are giving you money for your product. You know, you kind of got that product market fit figured out. Don't spend a dollar. Um, you know, and again, like I said earlier, focus on creating a content strategy for your business. That makes sense that, you know, it's content that res resonates with your audience. Um, I think those are some really important pieces of the puzzle and you know now with everyone going online you got a lot more competition and you shouldn't skimp on brand you know you should make a good investment on you know your design but obviously within reason if you're a startup you don't need a like you do not need a custom theme like you can find an off-the-shelf theme that'll work for you mm -hmm. that'll be just fine that'll get you to the next step um i think it's just, you know, you can do it all yourself and that's perfectly fine. And, and it's awesome to see that. 
or you can find a trusted advisor, you know, to give you some good advice. But if their advice is to, like to keep saying, go to the bank and investing in wild stuff, that might not be a, a good thing. You got to be scrappy. You got to have good margins. Right. And if you were to dive a little bit deeper into this, what are some foolproof strategies apart from having a good grasp on your content to increase sales? Um, all right. So let's like fast forward a little bit. You got a content system, you've got a product market fit, you know, you're doing some organic sales. Uh, email automation is like by far the coolest thing ever. That is, you know, that's something that we kind of force every one of our clients to kind of instill into their business. Uh, beyond that, there are some other ways to kind of automate touch points through like other just channels like SMS, push notifications, uh, we've even seen now some like integrations with direct mail coming to market, um, you know, and those, those retargeting efforts that are based upon where your customer is in their journey, like works really well. And then just with, with kind of like, once you start kind of leaning towards paid and you're doing a little bit more in paid, you know, the first time these people visit your website, they're not going to buy from you, but if you can like grab their email or dump them into like another funnel, like through SMS or like a push notification or something like that, uh, you know, maybe that next step will actually be, be where they become a customer. So it's like, if you're relying all on like direct response, i.e. like you put up a Facebook ad and they're going to buy that first time, that's probably going to fail. You kind of have to build a, build a flywheel where when you're prospecting, you're bringing people in and then, you know, you're hoping that a lot of those people are opting into the next step, like joining your email list or something like that. Once you get that flywheel going, that's when, that's when paid really starts to work for people. But do you think that every business or the clients that you work with can get a good grasp on the email automation bit as well? Are they really nailing it? Uh, you know, that's a great question. Uh, we like look at a lot of accounts. Uh, I mean, like just the, we're like Clavio gold partners and that's kind of the only house we play in just because we're all about efficiencies at electric eye. Uh, but there's a million solutions out there. Um, but we like that one anyways. So we're really good at that one. And like we audit a lot of those accounts often and these, these like automation things, especially Clavio Clavio is like a Ferrari when it comes to email automation and people are not setting it up the right way at all. Uh, and you know, they're really leaving a lot of value on the table. Uh, so yeah, I, oftentimes people are kind of trying to do more of a plug and play strategy and they're not even like setting themselves up for success. And Clavio is not cheap at all. And they're like investing a lot of money into this email platform and they're not even utilizing it. So how, then, what then um, is the advice that you'd give to, you know, that this is what you need to do. This is what you're missing out on. Does that take a, a longer time that you'd anticipate? Um, I mean, we, I, we just, we do it. Well, you know, if they're a client, we're going to, we're going to set it straight and, and get it done. Uh, I mean, setting up Clavio, uh, we, we know what we're doing and it takes about 40 hours to do it the right way. Cause there's a lot of, you know, creativity yeah, involved. Is, Go ahead. So, yeah. But let's say if, like someone, not you guys, someone else is, you know, not really uh, getting the concept. They're not really getting the grip of it. Uh, I mean, Clavio's got a, a a really. I think it's like a Clavio course or like a strat. Like I don't know. I think there's a, a a course on their website, and you can walk through it, and it'll it'll teach you how to do it. So if you've got more time than if you got money to like invest in someone to do it for you, uh, you know there are resources out there that will show you how to do it. Um, does that answer the question? Yep. 
And lastly, Chase, what trends in e-commerce will we see more of in 2021? That's a great question. I think people are going to diversify a bit more, uh, not be so kind of like tied to Facebook. I've harped on Facebook all day. It's just top of mind. Sorry about that, everybody. Um, they're not going to be so tied there. They're going to diversify kind of their marketing streams for paid media. Uh, people are going to start to understand the power of automation. Uh, and I really think that we're going to see a lot more of traditional retail brands come online and there'll be this like hybrid thing. Uh, there's this whole, there's this whole thing in retail about kind of like last mile, which is like, you know, the, the last mile, sorry about that. Uh, there's this whole thing in retail about the last mile between getting someone from like getting the product from like the, where it is to the last mile to someone's house. And that's like, kind of like this big advent of like GoPuff, which just like IPO'd or something for 4 billion. Uh, but it's like, you know, the weird stuff that you need every day, like the, like I need to get some coffee or I need to get some, some chapstick. It's like, these aren't things you're going to buy online. Um, so I think a lot of more traditional stores are going to invest in like e-commerce style activity and offering like uh, curbside pickup or, you know, their own delivery services uh, to start to take a little bit of that market share from Amazon, uh, which I think is going to be cool. Okay. Right. So that wraps up our session for today. Thank you for joining us on Better Tech Chase. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to Better Tech. We look forward to bringing the latest industry news in our next episode. In the meantime, check out our other episodes at techcell.com slash podcast and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel so that you never miss an episode.